Welcome to Antioch Raleigh's weekly online sermon. We hope that you are encouraged by this word. For more information on Antioch Raleigh or access to our other online sermons, visit us at AntiochRaleigh.com. Good morning, Antioch Church. Uh, We're going to continue on with our worship service. I am pleasantly... uh, delighted to see that we have just a, a great turnout on a, on a Labor Day weekend. So happy Labor Day weekend. You guys are really spiritual. You didn't travel. You showed up. And uh, thank you guys for worshiping with us this morning. Uh, I am Ben Wickle. I'm one of uh, a handful of pastors here. And I get the, the, the privilege of one of my roles on staff is that I'm the director of our Antioch Discipleship School, and we're, we're getting close to the start of a new ADS, that's what it stands for, a new year, so I want to give just a little plug for it. Uh, ADS is a nine-month training school on how to live like a devoted disciple of Jesus who makes disciples, and we spend, uh, for instance, uh, uh, we talk about how to Hear the voice of the Lord. We train students on how to abide in the agape, the presence of the Lord. We train students on how to live as an overcomer against the, the, the devil, the sin, and flesh. ADS goes into how we identify spiritual gifts and walk in them. Uh, how to preach the gospel and make disciples. There's a lot of how to there. It's different than seminary. And I, I went to seminary and it was, I enjoyed it. But we, we don't just try to stimulate the intellect. We really make space for the Holy Spirit to come and, and convict our souls, our hearts. And then finally, we really like to make space for God to activate our hands in practical ministry. So if you're interested in any degree, come see me. Uh, the next couple weeks, you're going to hear some more testimonies. We're going to have uh, just some more people sharing about it because it's starting up in October. All right. Hey, let me pray to start us out. So just go ahead and put your hand on your hearts. We're going to pray and just ask the Lord to continue to pour out his grace this morning. Jesus, wow, what an honor it is, Lord. Great are you, Jesus. We get to celebrate you this morning and everything that you've done and all the promises that you've made that you're what you're going to do. God, I ask that your Holy Spirit would rest on us, our minds, our hearts, enlighten them, Lord. Father, I pray if there's anyone here that just needs to know you in a deeper way, Lord, that you would reveal yourself to them this morning. Thank you for your word, your precious word. I pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, in 2002... Uh, I was 16 years old. I, it was my junior. I was getting ready to go into the junior, it was the summer of that year, and I was working one of my first jobs. It was a, a furniture manufacturing warehouse right down the road off 401. I was making seven fifty an hour, which was $2 more than minimum wage. It was actually a pretty good deal back then. And imagine like this big 50,000 square foot warehouse, there's not a lot of AC. There's just these big fans. 
And our, our, our goal was to show up there 7 a.m. and we're trying to produce some really fine quality f- library furniture. So it's like big, big, big desks, big, big tables. And if you know anything about me, you know that handyman work is not my thing. Uh, every time I come out of the garage into the house and I have like a screw, screwdriver and my wife looks at me, she immediately b- falls down on her knees and says, Lord, have mercy on our home. She's crying out. She knows what's going to happen. I remember the first couple of days at this job, uh, my boss, he, he says, hey, hey Wick, uh, we got, um, I need you to go find the, the left-handed screwdriver crescent wrench. Yeah, go find it. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure thing, boss. I never found that thing. And I don't know why everyone was laughing at me. So, but, uh, well, in order to, to accomplish this goal of creating nice manufactured furniture, the wood that would come in, it would have to go all throughout the warehouse. And there was different stations, different departments or floors of this manufacturing warehouse. And first the wood would come in and they'd have to cut it and trim it and get it to the right size. There was a, a department, there was a part of the warehouse where they would stain it and color it and give it that nice, fine, glossy look and they needed it to dry. Then there was the part of the warehouse where they would start assembling things, putting it together. And then usually towards the end, there's the place where they wrap it all together. They're packaging it so they can load it on a, like a big truck and they would ship it out. And each sphere of the floor uh, offered a unique contribution to the process. Every place, every domain of that manufacturing warehouse was essential. It was vital for, for the ultimate goal, the ultimate purpose. And in some respects, uh, that's a great analogy for the process uh, for making disciples. If we are to become fine become the fine quality disciples that Jesus wants us to be, we need to engage in all of the places, all of the domains, all of the venues that are part of the factory floor, if you will. Did you know that the Bible gives us, it both describes as well as prescribes a handful of these venues, or I'm going to use the term throughout the the morning, spheres, There's various spheres that the Bible gives us that we we need to go to in order to grow. And that's going to be the focus this morning. So let me take a step back because uh, this is uh, a really unique part of the season of our church. Uh, this, This time of the year is always a time where college students are coming back. Uh... We've also recognized that in the past year that there's been a handful of new people that have started coming to Antioch and they're, they're, they're really excited, they're, they're, they're sticking, they're wanting to get plugged in. And last week, Steve was introducing really for a lot of newer folks or folks that have been coming for about a year or so, sort of like the big picture of what Antioch is about as a church and hopefully you've heard over the past several months like that our main mission is to make disciples. We really want to see robust, resilient, radical disciples of Jesus. That's our mission. And uh, we want to take 
this season, this next few, few weeks or so to really, really, if you will, kind of look up under the hood and, and really explain, give understanding, especially to those who have only been coming for about a year or so, what, what is, what is the, the sort of ministry operations, or we'll use the term, what are the spheres of spiritual growth that we as a church at Antioch really believe in? And we're, this, is, this is really about what we're about uh, and how you can grow as a disciple. How you can grow as a disciple. Today's central principle, if we want to grow in the full likeness of Jesus, to be his disciples that he intends us to be, we need to engage each of these spheres prescribed by the Bible. And I think we have a graph can we put up the graph? There we go. This was introduced along with a lot of other graphs uh, last week. I joked with Steve. If you were here last week, I said, Steve, I think you tried to summarize a thousand sermons in 45 minutes. And he did a good job. He really did a good job. We're going to hone in on this particular tool, this paradigm that we call the five spheres of, of church. Some of you might have heard us call it the five circles. And what this tool, this paradigm gives us is, is a holistic view of where we go to grow as disciples, where we go to grow as disciples. So for instance, fear number one, the one real close to the middle is that's individual relationship with Jesus. That's you and Jesus, you and Jesus. Then sphere number two, that's the, the D group or discipleship group. Uh, John Wesley called it the band meeting back in the Great Awakening. It's small groups of two to four to five, usually guys with guys, girls with girls, and they go really, really deep. And then we have sphere number three. That's the life group. We call them life groups, but it's the house to house. They met house to house for community. Circle sphere four is the large gathering, the gathered meeting. And then finally, we have sphere five. It's the church that's out on mission, going out, pioneering, planning new works, preaching the gospel. And if you are familiar with church history or you're just really involved with kind of the body of Christ throughout, throughout the world, you, you'll know that different streams of churches they, we, or different denominations, we, we, they can focus on Maybe one of these, or there, there's a certain parachurch that's really, really big on one of the spheres, and, and praise God that different people have highlighted and really emphasized different spheres. That's, that's actually a good thing. Our heart as a church is, is, is that we've recognized that we need every sphere. We need we don't want to just be us on, you know, on the mission field. We, we, we recognize there, there are other avenues, there are other domains, and I'm kind of proposing here is that could, could some of our lack of spiritual growth as the, as the church or as disciples be because we've maybe neglected maybe one or, uh, or we've neglected a couple at the expense of the others. And so there's three goals this morning as it relates to this holistic five-sphere paradigm. Three goals I want us to, to, re, to go for this morning. Goal number one is that I want to start with a, like a, a biblical support, a framework. And I know most, a lot of you already could probably think of scriptures that back all those up, but I want to give a little biblical framework support for why we want all five spheres. Uh, 
goal number two is to, I want to show how we as a church are attempting to, aspiring to integrate each of those five spheres into the life of the church. Okay, and then again, so I, I, I'll pause real quick and say this. I recognize if you've been here for four to five years, you're probably like, you could probably come up here and teach this. And that's awesome. Good. But th- th- this is more for those who, who have been coming maybe for a year or less or you're, you're new here. Been coming, you're trying like, what kind of church is this? What, 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 what's their ministry operate? What's their ministry philosophy? Well, you're going to get an inside look of how our church really, the strategy of how we're wanting to see you guys grow. This tool, this paradigm the five, called the five spheres. And then third, third objective, third goal is that we can make room at a personal level with the Holy Spirit to say, Holy Spirit, is there any one of these spheres that is, in, that is maybe being underemphasized, that I've maybe intentionally or unintentionally neglected, and are you calling me back to be, engage that sphere a little bit more? We want the Holy Spirit to really speak to everyone. So those are our three goals. So let's start with goal number one, biblical support. So what does the Bible have to say about these five spheres? And again, we got a lot of biblically literate people here. You could probably come up with scriptures about that support each of those five spheres. What I'd like to do is I'd like to share more of a, a narrative survey of a few chapters in the book of Acts. Uh, the book of Acts, Luke wrote the book of Acts, uh, he was a traveling companion of the Apostle Paul. And there's a couple chapters in the book of Acts where Paul's on his missionary journey. He's visiting a bunch of places with some folks. And uh, I really like this little survey that I want to share with you because in just a couple chapters that, that I'm going to narrate, you actually see all five spheres at work in the life of Paul and, and some of his companions. So we get a narrative uh, support, biblical support, of the five spheres. So I'm going to just narrate, and this is, uh, can be found in Acts 13 through 16. So I'm going to look at my notes here. Here we go. It was likely one of the hardest decisions that Paul was going to make in ministry, parting ways with one of his closest friends, partners in ministry, Barnabas. It was Barnabas who was with Paul when Paul first wanted to come into the church and everyone was scared of Paul, it was Barnabas that brought him in. It was with Barnabas that Paul and, and some of the other folks, they, they set aside some individual time to pray and to fast and seek the Lord just with them and Jesus. And then they heard the Holy Spirit say, set apart Paul and Barnabas. It was with Barnabas that they got commissioned. Yet the disagreement between Paul and Barnabas was too much. Barnabas thought that they needed to take John Mark with them on their second missionary journey. But if you recall, John Mark had abandoned them on the first journey, and Paul was, he was compassionate, but he, he, he just didn't want to take that chance. And so these two partners in ministry, they, they, they went separate ways. Paul didn't go alone, though. He recruited Silas, who had been training for the last 12 years in Jerusalem with the twelve the apostles, for 20 years. And so being commissioned from Antioch, Paul and Silas, they set out to revisit some of the churches they had planted in Galatia, but they were really excited about planting new works. As they retraced their steps in the region of Galatia, they visit a town of Lystra, 
Paul had been there before, and they take note of a young man named Timothy, a likely protege, an apprentice. Timothy is, in fact, commended and blessed by the elders, and he ends up being joined by Paul and Silas. They recruit Timothy on their journey. Now, as they journey westward into Asia, Paul keeps hearing the Holy Spirit say, not this way. It's not until Paul has a dream, a divine encounter with the Lord, the Lord reveals a person to him who's from the, the I'm sorry, the, from the West Macedonia saying, hey, come this way, come this way. Paul interprets it, this, this is where we need to go. So they set sail to Macedonia. After travel by land and sea, they visit several cities, including a port city of Thessalonica, the capital of Macedonia. And as was their custom, Paul and his company make their way to the Jewish synagogue, the large gathering, and for three consecutive Sabbaths, they preach Jesus as the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies. Some Jews believe, but a greater harvest comes from the devout Greeks, including some mighty influential women, leaders of the city. The gospel of the kingdom is preached, disciples are made, a church is planted, and they begin to meet in at least one home, the home of a man named Jason. And for several weeks, this church meets in the home as Paul and his company instruct the believers on the kingdom of God, both its present and future implications. End story there. You can keep leading on if you want, Acts 16. Now, as I shared that little survey narrative Could you identify some of the five spheres? They're all five of them are there. What about sphere one? Think about you and Jesus, the personal relationship with Jesus. Did we see Paul engaging with God in that sphere? How about the divine encounter with the Lord in a dream? How about when Paul and even Barnabas, they were praying and fasting to the Lord individually? What's your will, Lord? We see that Paul and Barnabas, those guys, they, 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 they spent time with Jesus. How about sphere two? Do we see a small D group? Do we see a group of two to three combining together, coming together? That's Paul, that's Silas and Timothy. We see the D group right there. What about sphere three? The house-to-house meeting. They show up at Jason's house in Thessalonica. A church is planted there. They're doing house-to-house meetings there. How about sphere number four? Think about the large gathering. Think about the Jewish synagogue, the place where they preach the gospel for three Sabbaths in a row. And then sphere five, do we see, G, do we see them on mission in the world? Really, that's the whole story. The whole story is them going out and on mission, them representing the church into new places. The bottom line is that in a mere three to four chapter summary, we have the Apostle Paul living and ministering in each of these five spheres. Each of these domains, he's experiencing spiritual growth. He integrated all of them. And of course, if you really wanted to do a Bible study, and by the, by the way, we will go through each of these five spheres in more detail over the next several weeks, so we're going to lay out a lot more Bible that way. So we've laid a biblical basic framework. Now I want us to I want to share a little bit about how we as a church 
are integrating those five spheres into our lives. I want to point out how, what we do as a church, but I, I'll probably reference maybe a couple pitfalls that we need to be on the lookout for. Because our desire at Antioch is to equip you as disciples to pursue, pursue each of these spheres. We need to engage in each one of these. To neglect any one of these will undermine our spiritual growth. So let's start with sphere number one. This is you and Jesus. Time with Jesus. Here's another uh, phrase that we, we call, often call this. We call it the secret place. This is the secret place. This is one of the most important values that we can impart to you as saints of this church is that every single one of you has a secret history with God. It usually looks like prayer. It looks like worship. It looks like prayer. Maybe it's silence. Maybe it's solitude. This is where you cultivate and carve out time and space in your life to spend an encounter with the presence of God intimately. What does this look like for you? Where are you at right now in sphere number one? Are you engaged? Do you pursue the secret place? If we're honest, we all struggle with this. I mean, a lot of it depends on the season of life. Maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you're a college kid. You've grown up most of your Christian walk. Just, you know, you had Sunday morning Christianity. You went to church, youth group. It was your relationship with, with God was all about just kind of being part of a peer group. But you've never been told or instructed or discipled on, well, how do I spend time with Jesus? What does that even look like? That's a, that's a reasonable, understandable situation. What if you're just in a, in a job that's 60, 70 hours a week and it's just hard to, to just engage with God when you got so much on your plate? What if you're, you're a parent of a, of a new kid and a new baby and, and, you're, and your mom and you just, your whole schedule's gone out the window? I've done that. I've been there. I've set, I, I remember setting my alarm clock. All right, okay, this baby's gonna sleep through it at 6 a.m. I'm gonna finally get up early. 6 a.m., you get your Bible out. You know, the alarm starts, oh, I'm supposed to spend time with Jesus. And then you're wrestling with guilt and condemnation. It's like, oh, I get it. I get it. And so what I want to share with you, I just want to whet your appetite, is that for the next, we're going to at least spend one, maybe a couple Sundays over the next few weeks, looking at just, just fear one, just you and Jesus. Okay, so be encouraged. Be encouraged. Now, believe it or not, there can be a negative sentiment about, or an ungodly belief about when it comes to you and Jesus. Steve mentioned this a little bit last week. It sounds like this, and I've, by the way, full confessional, I've said this, and I've definitely felt it. I don't need the church, I just need Jesus. Has anyone else said that or heard that before? I've said it. I've felt that. What is really at the root of that? Well, I probably got hurt or offended, maybe disappointed. Maybe I saw the hypocrisy in the church, and so I pull away. We pull away. Can I tell you what really is going on there? Really what's going on there is that there's this prideful, emotionally wounded, unhealthy independence that's masquerading as high spirituality, just me and Jesus. That's all I need. 
The truth is that we can never experience the fullness of God's purposes on our life without the body of Christ. In fact, he wants to use those very disappointing, broken, aggravating people called the church to grow you. That's, that's how he does it. You and Jesus, sphere number one. Let's look at sphere number two. This is another venue for spiritual growth. This is the D group. We saw this with Paul, Silas, and Timothy. We see it with Jesus, right? Who are his three real close homies? Peter, James, and John. Jesus had a little D group. What's the unique grace that's poured out when you pursue this sphere? What happens in D groups? High accountability, high challenge. You're giving permission to a trusted group of three to four people to speak into your life. It's these really close close friends that reach out to you when your marriage is struggling, your business is floundering, your health is declining, your relationship with God is non-existent. It's these guys and gals that have the permission, you've given them the permission to go, I see the mess in your life but I love you and I want to help you get out of it. I propose that probably when you see a, a famous preacher or pastor that has just gotten into some trouble, I'm just going to step out on a limb here and just guess, he probably didn't have this. He didn't have a person to go, dude, you're off, man. And he never gave permission to that individual to say, just speak into my life. And dude, beat me up if, I, if I'm just way off, man. Help me. At Antioch Church, we exhort every member to be a part of a D group. All, all of our staff and all of our elders have this. It's a protection, it's a safeguard. Are you engaged in a D group? Are you part of it? Is this, this that close-knit brotherhood or sisterhood, is it a part of your rhythms? And if not... It's up to you to give permission. Say, hey, I give you permission. Speaking to me. Speaking to my finances. Speaking to my marriage. Speaking to the health of my soul. And I get it. That, there's a lot of, the devil will just throw all sorts of shame at you to go, don't even do that. But when you start coming out in the light, what you'll find is that I guarantee there are people in this room that when they hear the, the horror stories of what you think is your junk, they're going to show grace. They're going to love you, and you're going to start getting set free. That's the D group. What about sphere number three? At Antioch, we call this life group, but the Bible describes this as the house to house. We saw this in Paul's journey. We see it all throughout the book of Acts. It's very normative. What's unique about sphere three? How do we grow with the house to house, the life group setting? There's a Greek word, kononea, what does that mean? Does anyone know what it means? There's, there's some scholars here. Fellowship. Fellowship. Here's the modern day translation. Authentic community. We all, I, I, what's your, what do you desire in a church? I ask that question a lot. I want authentic community. Right? I hear that a lot. It's good. That's what it, the Bible's talking about. Fellowship. I want authentic community. And I love Sunday morning. Sunday morning is, is good, but it's hard to get a lot of that on a Sunday morning basis, because there's just a lot going on. So we say, hey, are you ha- do you have a life group? 
Do you have a group of 10, 20, 30, where you meet together in homes and you, you break bread? You have cookouts, you do baby showers, you, you go play games, you, you cultivate friendships, you read the word together? That's the life group. What else? How else do we grow in life groups? We, we, this is where we exercise our spiritual gifts. We exercise our spiritual gifts. We love in our life groups, pray for, pray for the sick. Pray for the sick. If you, get, if you need healing, man, our life group will lay hands on you. We want to prophesy over you. We want to uh, let people, if you have a teaching gift, people are like, hey, I love to teach the word. Can I teach on Sunday morning? I say, no, start your life group. Start there. Start there. Same with worship. Man, I want to just start worshiping and be the main guy. No, no, no. Just, just play guitar in your life group. Start there. Start with your life groups. That's how we roll here. Benevolence. People ask us, well, how do you guys do like benevolence ministry and helping each other out? Yeah, it's, it's in the life groups. It's front lines. It's not the only way we give out. But when someone is struggling financially or materially, the best thing we can give them is not money. It's relationship. It's, it's spiritual growth. It's, it's discipleship and relationship. And there have been times when we've had people in our church, they can't pay their bills, they're single moms, things are going right. And our, man, I love seeing the church, which AK, their life group, rally around and they just, I mean, they poured out their wallets. That happens at our life groups. It happens at a life group level. So here's my question. Are you engaged in sphere three? Are you experiencing Kononea, true fellowship, authentic community. Are you exercising your spiritual gifts? If not, join a life group. Well, I already am. Well, how long have you been in a life group? Two weeks. Be patient. <laughs> Give it some time. Well, I've been there for six months. Okay, if you've been there for six months, here's what I want you to do. Go to your life group leader and say, say these exact words. I want to serve you and your life group for the next 12 months. What do you want me to do? Have that posture. Do that and then come talk to me. Sphere number three. Well, you can look at spheres one through three, like we've done, and you can go, that's all I need, brother. That's all I need. I don't need Sunday morning. Hey, I've, hey, Francis Chan came out with a great book. I loved it, by the way. What is it called? House to House or uh, his house church book. Letters to the Church. I loved it. He, he mainstreamed house church. It was great. I've done that though myself, uh, Steve, and about half our elders did house church for like 20 years. So I understand the allure of, I like simple organic church. I, get, I love that. I mean, I get the allure. Oh, Sunday morning, it's just too impersonal. I get that. Okay, I sympathize with that. When we came to Antioch, we had that t-shirt. Uh, we're to house church people. And then we got humbled because we began to see, wait a minute, Antioch as a movement, by the way, we have 50 churches in the U.S. and planting them overseas. They, they were like, they, they, they humbled us, the leaders of Antioch. They say, why does it have to be either or? Why can't it be both and? Oh, yeah, that's, that makes sense. Five circles. That's, there's sphere number four, which brings us to sphere number four. What is the, 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 the grace? How do we grow in sphere number four? The larger gathering. We saw this in the Jewish synagogue. You guys probably recall the upper room, 120 disciples praying together. A lot of people don't know this, but Paul had his own discipleship school. He rented the Hall of Tyrannius for a couple years in Ephesus. He did his own, I guess, 
E-D-S. Ephesians Discipleship School. In Revelation, Revelation, uh, Revelations chapter five, this is the big one about people who are like, I don't want to do big church anymore. Dude, you know where we're going, right? We're, going, we're talking about the global party gathering. Oh man, if the world thinks they know how to party, just read Revelation 5. We're just surrounding the throne. And by the way, when we were worshiping this morning, this is a foreshadow of what's coming. I mean, why else do people go to concerts and go to big stadiums, spend a lot of money, and act really foolish? I know the, the, some of you were probably acting foolish when uh, ECU's punter or kicker missed it. <laughs> he were acting foolish. But if he were at the game, he would have been going nuts. It's in our soul that when we, we want to, we, there's, there's just a, a soulish energy that exists in large gatherings. And it's just, a, it's, that's really like a counterfeit of what we can experience on Sunday morning when we all come with our with just hands raised and we're just singing our hearts out like we did this morning. There's, there's a grace that's poured out upon us when we do that. That's one of the reasons why we have Circle Four. Another reason is uh, we, we take communion together. It's, it's important. That's powerful. And I know we can take communion in house church. We can do that too. But then, then there's opportunities to, to, to we, we preach the word. We, we, there are, we have a plurality of preachers on, in our staff. You go look at our, 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 our sermon history the last three years, we don't got one guy doing it all. We don't believe in that. I don't want to ever do that. I could never imagine giving five, 50 life-giving sermons a year. That sounds exhausting. So we have a team approach. And we have people with prophetic bents. You come, you hear Steve, you're getting like downloads. Like, oh my God, you're eating a, you're eating a big ribeye steak. That's his, it's deep. Like that, that, and it's prophetic. And then you hear people who are a bit more pastoral. And then you hear people who are a bit more evangelistic. It's the apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists. It's that fivefold apest, that's Ephesians 5. They, that's, they, they're, they're preaching the word through that particular bent. We need to hear that. And then they're servant. We, this is Sunday morning. This is opportunity is, is to serve. The kids ministry, greeting team, hospitality team, cleanup team, prayer team. We got tons of teams, and a lot of you do that. Thank you for that. A lot of you've been coming for a year and you're not serving yet. And I'm saying go serve. A lot of people served five years ago and they stopped serving. So I'm like, go start serving, serve, serve. So I will include sphere four by asking, are we engaging in sphere four? Not just coming to be a spectator, but show, to show up, but here you're coming to just pour out your heart before God. I want to serve the church, Lord. How can I give? And lastly, that brings us to sphere five, the final place we can grow. We're the only institution, you've heard us say this before, the only institution that exists to serve our non-members. Matthew 28, the Great Commission, go make disciples. If we're honest with ourselves, if I'm honest with myself, it's more like the Great Suggestion than the Great Commission. Do you really want to grow? 
Start praying for your boss. Start praying for your coworkers. Start asking God to give you a heart for your neighbor. Ask God to give you courage to just step out and, and do something in faith with the world. I was uh, challenged with this a week ago, early morning, trying to hit the gym. My wife sends me a text, says, hey, swing by Walmart. We need this, this, and that. I'm like, okay, all right. We need bread. We need bananas. And this Walmart, is, has a, I have a track record with this Walmart. It, it, I, the Lord likes to give me words of knowledge. I, when I'm sensitive and, and intentional with sphere five, I will ask God, all right, God, is there anyone you want me to bless? Which is not a lot, but I, I try to be. And this morning, the Holy Spirit was like, you need, you need to ask me. So I said, okay, Holy Spirit, who can I pray for? A lot of times he gives me these pictures of articles of clothing or names, and it's just a little treasure hunt. We call, them tre- we call this exercise treasure hunting. It's really fun. And I was being sensitive at the moment. So I said, okay, Lord, w- what do you got? I'm getting out of the car. I've closed my eyes. I get a picture of a yellow hat. I have opened my eyes. And do you want to know what I saw? A yellow hat. I said, I can't get out of this one, Lord. <laughs> You're going to have, okay, here we go. <sighs> internal dialogue. Okay, a little nervous. He looks busy. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's a Walmart worker, and he's with another guy, young guy, and he's got, you know, the, Walmart, the, the, the chain, the, the, the carts, and he's pushing like 50 of them at once to this day. I'm like, how do y'all do that? You got the, the train thing going, but he's pushing 50 of them, and my internal dialogue is saying, he looks busy. I don't know. So I chicken out, and I go get my groceries, and I said, well, if I see him when I get out, Lord, that's a sign. That's a sign. So I come out. He's there. He's still pushing carts. So I, okay, okay. All right, Lord, what do I say? Hey, sir, I love Jesus. Just want to pray for you. Como estas? No, 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 English. I'm like, oh, man, he doesn't speak any English. I'm like, okay, well, can I pray? It, it, there's, there's, no, there's no connecting at a linguistic barrier here. There's nothing happening. Hey, bless you. Have a great day. I'm, I'm praying for him, but more in the spirit at this point. And I'm walking away, and I'm going, okay, Lord, maybe you just wanted to encourage me. I got a word of knowledge, right? No, Lord, there's got to be something more here. What is this? Uh, well, maybe he, treasure hunt, if you ever do treasure hunting, it's always like, what's the next thing? Okay, maybe, Lord, you want me to pray for the guy that he was with. Okay, okay. He's over there, so I walk over there, and I said, hey, hey, man, I, I love Jesus, Try not to be weird. I love Jesus. Hey, can I pray for you? Anything I can pray for you? Young guy in his 20s, and he's like, yeah, man. I'm praying for my grandma. I said, okay, man, what's up with your grandma? He's like, well, she needs surgery on her ear, but the doctors don't want to do it. They, they fear it's going to cause paralysis, so we don't really know what to do. I said, oh, man, I'm so sorry. I said, are you close with your grandma? He said, yeah. So my mom has nothing, wants nothing to do with me. So my grandma raised me. I said, oh, man. I said, let's pray. And I just prayed with him. I blessed him. I said, I love you, man. Jesus loves you. I'm praying for you. And I'm praying. I'm hoping that I can come back. You know, it's my Walmart. That's, that's where I go. I'm going to hopefully see him one day. I was telling someone, yeah, we're, we're still believing for grandma's healing. Diane, that's her name. That's what I'm believing. So that's fear five. That's you in the world. How can you get plugged in? Sphere five, you heard about Alpha, Virginia Blinson starting that up. I mean, you just open up your home 
and you provide meals for people who are seekers. They don't know Jesus yet, but they're real hungry. Alpha ministry, get plugged in, go see her. Our life groups, they do prayer walks, they do cookouts with their lost neighbors. Holly's our missions pastor. Shannon, Perdomo's an international student ministry. There's tons of ways you can grow with Jesus in sphere number five. So let's recap. There we go. You and Jesus, D group, life group, gather meeting, you and the world. And for the next couple weeks, really the next five or six weeks, we're going to go through each of these and actually break them down even more. It makes, we'll talk a lot about what and why, but we, we want to make space for how as well. I'm going to invite our worship team to come up. And before we get into singing, though, I, I do want to leave room for the Holy Spirit to come speak to our hearts. And so I'd like to ask everyone to stand up. And we're going to have just a moment of silence. I want us to ask Holy Spirit this morning, is there a sphere or two, or three, or four, or five? Is there, is there an avenue? Is there a place within this body, Lord, that you're asking me to grow in? And I just want you to ask Holy Spirit. There's no condemnation here. There's no condemnation here. Just ask Jesus, is there anywhere you want me to grow? And just listen. Just You can close your eyes. In fact, we, let's just close your eyes, and we can be still just for a moment. Holy Spirit, just come speak to our hearts. Is there, are you putting something on my heart, that an area, a sphere, a domain where I can grow in this season, God? Just come speak that to us.